0: Let's do this. Good morning. Okay, on three, ready? One, two. Good morning. All right. Now, you read this for me, okay? Can you hold the mic up to you? Hold the mic up there. I'll help you. Ready? Right? Hold it right to your mouth. Go. For God, God, so, loved. Yeah, for God so, so loved so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who that whoever so be believed. Believe. In him. And him should not par- perish perish but have, ever- but have ever lasted life for God.
1: Like to say we're thankful to be here at sunday school this morning Thankful for our kids um, i'm thankful that we go to a church where we allow our kids to interact with us <clears throat> there's a lot of churches out there that send them off to a classroom or somewhere by themselves but i'm glad that we interact with them love our youth get up and move the lord and i just appreciate my church and appreciate everybody being here um west we'll jeremy dismisses sunday school good to have everybody this morning. Let's uh, so remember Brother Carl. Uh, he wasn't feeling like being here this morning, so we need to keep him in our prayers. And sure do miss him when he's not here. He reached out to me about midweek and asked me if I would take care of the lesson this week. I told him I would, I would sure try. And, uh, if you were here last week, you know that I said last week... That it was difficult for me to stay off of this week's lesson because they go so close, but and I thought Brother Carl would be teaching, and so I made a, a really big effort to try to stay off of this week's lesson. And now that I'm teaching this week, I'm really glad that I stayed off of this week's <laughs> lesson. <laughs> uh, and uh, and that's you know some of these lessons do run pretty close and overlap a little bit. So uh, we're in the book of Ezra. And we're going to be, today's lesson is out of the sixth chapter of Ezra. And last week we were primarily in the first chapter of Ezra, and then we we got over into the second chapter just a little bit. When we left off last week, and I desire your prayers, I always do. Uh, When we left off last week, uh, Cyrus, the king of Persia, had uh, made a decree And had told the children of Israel that they could leave Babylon and they could go back to Jerusalem and they could uh, rebuild the temple and the lesson was a lot about the preparation and getting ready to do that and we left off there in in, uh, chapter 2 where it was given an account of who all had gone and what they had left with uh, and they were headed back to Jerusalem at that time so Today's lesson picks up in chapter 6, but I want to spend a few minutes and kind of uh, talk about the the chapters in between. I'm not going to read through the entirety of every chapter, but uh, the children of Israel leave Babylon, and I told you it was almost 1,700 miles from Babylon back to Jerusalem. So they had a long trip. They had some getting ready to do. They went around and gathered up. Supplies and and gold and silver. So they get back to Jerusalem, um, and in chapter three it talks about uh, they get there and they start doing some work. Uh, the beginning part of chapter four, uh, and and this is this is always just sticks out to me so much. And it's probably been maybe two years ago I taught and we covered some of this, uh, but the beginning part of chapter four. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel, who was was in charge at that time of the rebuilding, and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of a uh, king of a- Azer, which brought up brought us up hither. So they've got this group that comes up to them and you know they start bragging on them. Uh, you know, and flattery is a dangerous thing. Uh, but they, you know, they're boy, you guys are doing good. Look at and and we're, we we want the same thing you do. But right at the very first part of that it said the adversaries Uh, they knew in their heart that they really uh, that they didn't have the right thing in mind and so um, i don't know if anybody else has ever had this happen but i've been in a church service before and somebody stand up and say some real good things and and everything naturally sound good but it just didn't feel right. Anybody else ever had that? Uh, and I've, I've there's been a few times where the only way I can describe it is it was like somebody throwed a cold glass of ice water right on top of me. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but being a good service and the Spirit be moving, and even somebody holler, praise the Lord, or amen, brother, or somebody shout, and it just, if somebody dumped a cold bucket of ice water on me. I couldn't have got any more of a cold feeling. God's spirit will bear witness. It's not everybody that says, hey, we believe just like you do and we want what you want that is in the right place. Um, and not my place to judge them, but let the spirit judge them. If you can't get a witness out of something, it ought to, it ought to worry you. Uh, But what happened here in the fourth chapter, and I won't read all the rest of it. I'll just give you a little summary. Uh, The children of Israel said, nope, we don't want anything to do with you. This has got nothing to do with you. This is our work. And uh, all of these adversaries then write a letter back to the king of Persia. Now, at this point, Cyrus has died, and there's a new king. Are taxerous, I think if I'm pronouncing that right. And he reads the letter, and basically they what, what they did, the adversary said, well, they're over here building this up. They're going to rebuild this, and they're going to quit paying uh, tithes to you. They're going to quit sending their taxes to you. And uh, so he sent back a decree and said, well, I think it'd be best if you all stopped for a while. So that held him up for a little while. Uh, in the fifth chapter... Of Ezra. Uh, A couple of the prophets, after some time, started prophesying and told the children of Israel, There's a work here to be done, and we've got commission from Cyrus, and and we need to be building. And they start building again. Uh, And before long, the governor at that time, uh, Tatnai, Basically does the same thing. He comes over to him and he doesn't offer to help him, But he comes over to him and says who who authorized you to do this? I, I you know, what are you guys doing? Uh, it's amazing to me and we can apply this to our own spiritual lives But here's this group and they've got commission from the king and they've got Money from the king and they're sent over here to do this work and they start doing this work and problems start popping up. Here's a problem, there's a problem, here's a roadblock. Um, I was thinking, and last week I talked some about this building, but, uh, and I know Roy and Bill and Dad and Mike, I I know that they were on the, involved with the building committee at that time. It's been 25 years ago um, that we actually, we were getting ready to move in 25 years ago, so maybe some of this was 26, 27 years ago. But we had this, this land here and we came out and uh, a lot of people I know remember the groundbreaking that we had and it was such a spiritual man what a great uh, day that was and and people turned dirt and and you could just feel heaven move Uh, and it was it was just a a great uh, day I enjoy I still remember it. we've got some photos of it but it wasn't too long after that we we went to start getting our permits and uh, we were told well there's no sewer over there where you guys are wanting to build there's no county sewer well okay well we'll just put in a septic system well no with the size of building that you're going to build the rules have changed and you you can't put in a septic system for that size of building no more okay well what are our other options well you don't have any other options you either got to have a sewer or you can't build that was i mean that was just that was the the rule so we figured out and got some plans drawn up hired some folks and eventually we got a sewer brought from 65 over to the edge of our property over here that we paid for uh and man i remember it was right around fifty thousand dollars wasn't it roy i think in that ballpark and we were trying to raise money to build this building you know and i thought man fifty thousand dollars that's a lot of money that. We could have spent on something else. But God knew what was coming and He provided for us, and we were able to get past that hurdle. Just like here with the children of Israel that are back in Jerusalem trying to build this building, they had hurdles. They had, you know, first uh, they had the Samaritans that came out and said, We want to help you, and then through a real roadblock. And then later they got the governor, uh, Tatnai and his folks, they come out and what do they do? Well, Tatnai and the folks that are with him, they, they thought, well, it worked for the guys before, we'll just send a letter back to the king, new king now, Darius. In a pretty short time, Persia had Cyrus who died and then uh, Axteris who was only in, was king for maybe less than a year And then Darius. And so by the time that this is happening, they send a letter back and they, well, maybe we can stop them again. Pretty ingenious the way that they wrote the letter. They didn't write the letter back and say, hey, are you sure this is what you want? They go out to the children of Israel and they say, who told you that you could do this? Well, they answered them. They said, our God and Cyrus. They didn't say anything about Darius because Darius wasn't the king that had sent them down there to do it. So when Tatnai sends this letter back to Darius, he makes it real clear that they didn't give him any credit at all for what they were doing. He's hoping that this is going to, I believe, that this is going to incite Darius and he's going to go, well, they never said anything about me. Well, I'm the king. Well, I'm just going to put a stop to that. Uh, But that's not what happened. So we get on over uh, to Chapter 6. And and in this letter, uh, Tatenai asks Darius, he said, Are you sure there's a decree? Did Cyrus really make a decree? Can you look around and see if you can find it? Because, you know, we're really wondering what's going on down here. All of which was just smoke and mirrors trying to get the project stopped again. So that brings us here to the sixth chapter, of uh, Of Ezra, and uh, start reading at verse one. Then Darius, the king, made a decree, and search was made in the house of the rolls, where the treasures were laid up in Babylon. So he's been asked, and he says, okay, we'll do that. we'll We'll look and see if there was a decree that Cyrus made, if we can find it and we'll see exactly what it says. Because again, we're two kings later and we're probably 15 years, I'm roughly, I'm guessing we're about 15, 14 or 15 years uh, from the time that the decree was made for the people to go back. And there was found at Achmetha in the palace that is in the providence of the Metis a role and therein was a record thus written." So they looked around for a while and they find this decree. Now, the, the commentary indicates that this uh, palace at Akmetha was actually the summer palace for the king of Persia. They had a palace where that they were, would stay in the summer and they had a palace where that they would stay in the winter. Because of the weather, they had different places that were more comfortable. Becky and I were uh, got to go to Greece last year and we, when we were in Greece we went and looked at some, uh, some ruins and some different things uh, archaeological digs and the one palace that we went and looked at they said well this was the summer palace and the king would bring his family here and the reason that they were at that particular place was because it was cool and there was a good breeze that came through and there were different things and they said now when it was in the winter, they would go off to a different location where it was, it was warmer. And, and so uh, it's just kind of interesting to me that they, they said that where they found this role that had this edict from Cyrus was in the, the Summer Palace. The, uh, the person that wrote the commentary f- f- suggested, and maybe it's true, that at the time that Cyrus made this decree, that he was at the summer palace. It would make sense. He was there. He made the decree, put in the, the place where they kept the, the, the rolls, the scrolls, when uh, he was there. So, verse 3. In the first year of Cyrus, and in the next several verses is a repeat from what we went over uh, last week. It's going back over what Cyrus had said. But in the first year of Cyrus, the king the same Cyrus, the king, made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be builded, the place where they offered sacrifices, and let the foundation thereof be strongly laid, the height thereof three-score cubits, and the breadth thereof three-score cubits. Now, interesting, and again, this comes out of the commentary, uh, but that was larger the th- three cubits by three cubits, three score cubits by three score cubits, that was larger, according to the commentary, than the original footprint of the of the temple that Solomon built. Um, and so I don't know why, but I'm-, I'm sure there's something significant about the numbers. But it- when he issued this decree, he told him to go back and build even bigger uh, than than Solomon had originally built, which was interesting to me with three rows of great stones and a row of new timber, and let the expenses be given out of the king's house. And also let the golden and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took forth out of the temple, which is in Jerusalem, and brought unto Babylon, be restored and brought again unto the temple, which is at Jerusalem. Every one to his place and place them in the house of God. So again, this is, kind of a rerun from what we went over last week, but Cyrus sent the children of Israel back and he did not send them back empty-handed. When God sends us to do something for him, he will not send us empty-handed. He will send us with the materials and the money and the energy and the help that we need. Just like when we ran into that what seemed like a really big hurdle and at the time it was but when we ran into the decision that was made that you've got to have a sewer line over there to your property or you can't build a church that big well we had some options what could we have done well we could have said well that just didn't meant to be I guess and we could still be over on Albert Street That's that, and, and I don't think that's where God wanted us over there he wanted us here we could have Built a building that was small enough that would have satisfied the requirement to just have a septic system I don't remember what it was, but I think it was a hundred people. Well, I don't think that's what God wanted either We needed a building this size Um, and so or uh, You know we could Say well, okay Let's get the plans drawn up and have the, the sewer line run over here and get it here and once it's here then we'll get back to raising money and planning to build this building, which is what we did. So, um, but God didn't instruct us to go do something that he didn't give us the ability to do. But in our spiritual life, just like the building of this building and just like the building of the temple, the rebuilding, God told them to go do something, but the old devil is always sticking his head up Trying to create problems and discourage. How many times, even in our daily life, do we think, well, okay, I'm going to do my devotions now, or I'm going to read my Bible now, or I'm going to go visit with somebody, or I'm going to call somebody up and try to encourage them, and something comes up that is a distraction and gets us off that happens, you know, a lot uh, to me. And so, but God doesn't send you someplace that he can't keep you. If God sends you on the task, you can be assured that you will have what you need to get that task done. Um, And so, anybody have any comments before we go on? if you had sat down and tried to figure out where all of that was going to come from and how it was going to piece together, I wouldn't have pieced it together like it actually happened. But God, you know, knew from the beginning. Uh, it's uh, it's so easy to be discouraged as a Christian. And I think, uh, you know, discouragement just from ourself and, and listening to the, you know, my problem a lot of times is I listen to the voice inside my own head. Um, and, you know, I love the scripture uh, that says, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And, you know, that mind part is, is a hard thing for me to keep headed in the right direction. You know, I question so much uh, and, and wonder, but God... Is so big, he's able to do things. Uh, but being discouraged, uh, I think, is a big challenge for me. I'll just say for me, and maybe it is for everybody else. But it's just so easy to get discouraged. When you get discouraged, when you feel like doing something, then it's easy to just go, "Well, I ain't gonna make any difference anyway. You know, why? I, you know, I'll just let that go." Uh, but you know, God doesn't want us to be discouraged. He wants us to be focused on Him. And so, anybody else? Good comment, Bill. So we're going to pick back up here in uh, verse 6. Now, therefore, Tatnai, governor beyond the river, uh, Shethra Boznai. Boy, some of these, these names I'm going to butcher up. I apologize about that. And your companions, the Apharashites, which are beyond the river, be you far from thence. Let the work of this. So here, here's what, uh, here is what, uh, Darius is saying to him. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let it alone. So they send this letter, thinking, well, maybe we can get this stopped, slow it down. Maybe we'll get Darius to, to kind of see things from our perspective. Uh, Darius finds the decree, and here's what he's telling. Let the work of this house of God alone. Uh, You know, God has that same ability for anything we're doing. Let the work alone. Let it be. When God uh, commissions us to do something, he's the same God that did all of these things. He's the same God that brought us here into this building. Uh, and I love the song that Anthony sang. I actually asked him to sing it last week. The past is a promise. Boy, if you start thinking that you know, things aren't going the way you want it, just look at what God has already done for you. And it'll, you know, it'll bring you to shouting ground sometimes. Uh, when you start thinking about all the things that God has already done to bring us to this place uh, we shouldn't be discouraged. But again, I'm not jumping on you because I'm telling you, I I get discouraged. But, uh, you know, think about what God has done and, man, it, it excites you. So anyway, verse 7. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. So he says... Just back off. Uh, leave them alone. Moreover, so he's saying, Cyrus has issued this decree. Here it is. Leave them alone. And in addition to that, I make, so Darius is now making a new decree. I make a decree. What ye shall do to the elders of these Jews for the building of this house of God, that of the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river, so even from your territory, you fellows, forthwith expenses be given unto these men, that they be not hindered. So not only did he not put a stop to it, he told Tatnai, the governor, and his buddies, you guys get to pay for it. That's pretty good. I like that. You know, I've already, you know, we've given them this stuff. We've sent them back there with a the commission, and they're working, and you better leave them alone. That's the king's words, so if you go against that, you're going against the king. And not only are you going to leave them alone, but you're going to start helping pay for it. You're going to take up some some taxes and, and send it to them. That's pretty good. God will not send us out empty-handed. He will make sure. Now, Roy's got the record of the money that we raised for this building, and I, I talked last week, and, and, and Dad got on me, so I got to tell you, I'm real sorry that I told the story last week of him almost burning our church down when we had the dedication. <laughs> uh, I'm real sorry. I shouldn't have told that story, where that he got the the, the, the paper that he said was the mortgage, which was a zero, and lit it on fire in the, you know, in the offering plate and burned the bottom of the offering plate. I shouldn't have told that on him. So if you were here last week and heard me tell that, just forget about that. All right. But we moved in here. We didn't owe anything. We sold our building over on Albert Street to another congregation, and they paid us that money and we didn't know if we was gonna have enough money for the sound system and the parking lot to be paved, but when we moved in, we had a paved parking lot, we had a sound system in here, we had benches, we didn't have to stand up or sit on the floor, and we didn't know anything. Isn't that wonderful? And bricked. yeah, that's right, I forgot about that, but our, uh, what, was, what was our buddy that did the brick? Jerry Roston. He helped us on that. I mean, but we paid him. But he he treated us really good on the brick and got it done. Uh, you know, so many things. When when the children of Israel, Zerubbabel and, and these folk, when they heard what Darius sent back, they had to have shouted. I, I mean, you think about it. Um, they had to have been excited. You know. Uh, I can see a group of them getting together going, you mean Darius told them not only to leave us alone and let us be, but they got to pay for it now too? (laughs) You know, uh, that's, that's good stuff. Any other comments before we move on? Neat. Yeah, I remember that too. <laughs> Say it again. He got down, ladder took us, nail file to him. Yeah, yeah. He respectfully. Yeah, he, Respectful. yeah, he uh, once uh, when the church lifted her head and the Lord started moving, he knew he was someplace different, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Knew he was someplace different. Verse 9, And that which they have need of, both young bullocks and rams and lambs for the burnt offerings of God, of, of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and oil, according to the appointment of the priest, which are at Jerusalem, let it be given them day by day without fail. And in the commentary, and this made a good point, because the temple had been uh, completely destroyed and they hadn't been there worshiping for a long time, probably by the time it gets done, it probably is right at 70 years. Um, And we talked about that last week, but it was about 50 years when Cyrus made the decree, which was like 536 B.C. By the time that they get the temple completely rebuilt and have a a second uh, dedication for it, according to the commentary and the and a few things I looked up it was about five sixteen. So from five eighty six to five sixteen, you're right at that seventy years uh, that Jeremiah had, uh, you know, told them about, way, way long ago. Uh, but so they got to give them. But they, they need these animals uh, and different things to make, uh, make sacrifices uh, to recommit uh, everything that they're doing to God, pursuant to the law of uh, the Levitical law. And so uh, Darius orders uh, Tatnai and and the folks around there, you guys just uh, supply all that for them. Make sure they don't have anything that they need. Um, That they may offer sacrifices of sweet savor unto the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and of his sons. Now, just like last week where I told you about Cyrus, uh, Darius, according to history, uh, followed the god uh, of Persia. Uh, and, and, and I looked it up this time and wrote it down, Zoroastrianism, if I've said that right. But again, it's a religion where they worship light. So fire or the sun or light, I mean, that's what their religion was. So he wasn't a Jew. He wasn't following the Jewish faith, but God had him in a place where that he treated his people well and looked out for him. He used him being the king and in that place at that time to make sure that what God wanted uh, was done. And so, uh, you know, but even here, he's saying, I want them to have everything they need because when they pray, I want them to pray for me and I want them to pray for my sons. Now, I think that really what he's asking for here Is for them to pray for him to have longevity on the throne and for his sons to have longevity on the throne. I really think that was his primary goal. But uh, I don't know if they did or didn't. They may have because he treated them awful good. And it would be better to have somebody that treats you good as king than to have somebody that treats you bad as king. Uh, So, I mean, I, I understand that. So they may have prayed for him. Verse 11, also I have made a decree that whosoever shall alter this word, let timber be pulled down from his house and being set up, let him be hanged thereon and let his house be made a dunghill for this. So at this time, this language at the end of a decree was was fairly normal. The king is saying, if you don't do this, here's going to be the penalty that you're going to have to pay. It's similar to when our General Assembly passes a bill and they say, you, get, you can drive 70 miles an hour on I-75, that's the speed limit. And if you drive five miles an hour over the speed limit and you get caught, then here's your penalty. And if you get if you drive 10 miles over the speed limit, here's your penalty. So, the king here at the end of his decree is making the penalty provision for someone caught breaking uh, his decree. I don't, and it doesn't say anything about it, but I don't think that Tat and I or any of his buddies probably wanted to break the king's decree. I'd say they walked pretty close on it. They wouldn't have wanted to have been executed, which is what he's saying. We're going to tear your house down and we're going to execute you right there. We're going to hang you right there where you, where you live. Verse 12, And the God that hath caused his name to dwell there destroy all kings and people that shall put to their hand to alter and to destroy this house of God which is at Jerusalem. So he's saying once the house is built, you better leave it alone. I, Darius, have made a decree. Let it be done with speed. So, uh, Darius took care of them. God took care of them through Darius but Darius certainly was an instrument that God used so thinking about this story from the children of Israel being carried away captive to Babylon right up to the point that Cyrus says okay you can go back and they start heading back and they go through these struggles they got several hurdles that they have to get over The trip back from Babylon, almost 1,700 miles, just naturally, man, that's a struggle. Uh, And getting back there and and some people coming right out and saying, hey, we don't like you and we're going to try to stop you, to some other people coming out going, hey, 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 good buddy, let us help you here. That was really a snake, all right? I mean, it was trying to do them in. Um, All the way down to this happening, we can apply this to our lives and how we serve God. All right. So I wrote down a few things. What can we learn from this about how we should serve God? Well, the win is very important. They couldn't head back. I mean, they could have tried, but it would have been a disaster. They couldn't head back to start rebuilding the temple until Cyrus told them that they could. Now, that was from God. Don't Don't get me wrong. But they had to have authorization to be able to head back. So the when we serve God is very important. I don't know about anybody else, but there's been a few times, especially when I was a young Christian, be sitting here at at prayer service, and it'd be kind of going slow, and I'd feel sorry for the fellow that was up here trying to lead, and I'd think, well, I'll, I'll help out. I'll get up and say I'm thankful I'm saved. Hey, that's a good thing to say. Nothing wrong with saying I'm thankful I'm saved. But if God's not instructing you that that's the time, then it's not the time. Um, I've had people that I really wanted to ask to come to church. And God would just make it clear to me that right now is not the time. Now, there's different ways that you can go about that. It's always, I think, if God just doesn't put it on your heart not to, you can always say, hey, You know, we have church over there on Yoder Road. Come and go to church with us. And I've done that a lot of times. But I'm talking about really a God-sent approach to somebody. And I I remember one uh, person in particular. I waited for years and years and years, and God opened the door. I think if I had done that earlier than God opened the door, it would have made it impossible or a lot more difficult later when it was the right time. So the when uh, that we serve God is very important. Where? They had a specific place that they needed to go back to to construct this temple. It, it needed to be in Jerusalem. They could not build this particular temple in Babylon. wasn't the place for it. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't worship God in Babylon. They looked back towards Jerusalem. But the where that we do things is very important. I think God wanted us to build this church here. And I think it was important for us to build it here. Could we have built a church over on Albert Street? Well, yeah, we probably had enough room. And if we'd tried to bought some land, we probably could have. But I don't think we would have had the success that we've had here. So where you do things is important. You need to serve God with the material that he blesses you with. Cyrus and then later Darius both made decrees that the children of Israel would have things that they could build this building, this temple, rebuild it with. And Cyrus furnished it. He sent back the stuff that God wanted in that temple. So it's important Uh, for us to use what God blesses us with. And that can go two ways. God blesses us with stuff. Do we have a giving heart? Are we giving to what God wants us uh, to give to? And then once we've got the stuff and God has commissioned us, are we willing to step out by faith that he's going to fill in the gap for the rest of that? When we started building this building, we didn't have it paid off when we broke ground and they started working on it but we had, conf- we had some money and we had confidence that God wanted us to do it and so we used the material that he blessed us with. We need to serve God with the people that God wants us to serve Him with. They had this group of Samaritans that came out and said hey let us help you with that. We, we, you know, we're happy what you're doing here and we, we believe in the same God you do but the Samaritans were their adversaries. And they knew it and so they didn't take up with them and walk hand-in-hand hand with them it's not everybody that you meet at work or that you see or that you go to school with or that you're friends with that goes to church and carries a Bible that's somebody that you can really lock up and, and, and work with now, there's a lot of them that are I'm not saying everybody has to go to this congregation but there's a lot of them that really aren't and and we've all seen some of those folks come and then go. They would fall by the wayside. And if you, you know, you've got to be careful who you pile up with, so to speak, because uh, you get painted with the same brush. Uh, we need to serve God through adversity, just like they did. Uh, there were times through this story that the children of Israel, and when they got the foundation to the temple, when they got it all done, they rejoiced. Uh, there was a, a loud sound that went up that they rejoiced. Uh, we need to serve God with haste. They, they worked with purpose. And even though they were delayed, they were trying to get done what God wanted them to do in a hurry. Uh, with a watchful eye for the enemy, because the enemy was definitely coming out. Uh, and lastly, when we're serving God, We should be willing to give credit where credit is due. Uh, We shouldn't give credit where credit isn't due, but when we're serving God and He blesses us, we should be always willing to give Him credit and look to Him and make sure that people know that we recognize that's where our blessings come from. So, who has any comments before we finish up today? I appreciate your attention. Uh, Hopefully, Brother Carl. I'll be feeling better and be back next week. Uh, But uh, thank you for your comments and your attention today. You're free to go.